will be an encouragement to those who hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can sit down. Let's open our Bibles to Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13, chapter 4, verse 13. And this is really a verse that, it's one of the greatest verses in the Bible. And uh, it's something that I think we should all memorize. It, it's, really, it's really a great verse of Scripture. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do, now this is the Apostle Paul, he was speaking here and he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I want to give this talk today, this message today, a title. I want to call it the can-do kids. The can-do kids. Um, so many Christians are can't-do kids. And if you're a can't-do kid, you need to change that based on this verse and you need to become a can-do kid because the Bible says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now notice this verse of scripture talks about, starts out talking about just about everybody's favorite subject themselves. Is that right? Is that right? I. Talks out, I mean, you know, I mean... I starts out with everybody's favorite subject, probably themselves. I mean, I meant that to be funny. You all don't, you don't think it's funny. That, that's fine. Just sit there, look at me. That's fine. But you know as well as I do, you like to hear about yourself, talk about yourself if you're human to some degree. So it's talking about you, each and every one of us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice it says, I can do. Can do as opposed to can't do. Um, you know, we live in a world full of can't do's. Can't do this, can't do that, can't do, you know, people tell you you can't do it. It can't be done. Has anybody in here besides me ever been told about something? It can't be done. You can't do that. You know, if you look at people who invented some of the greatest inventions of all time, at some place in their uh, start of you know, as they were, you know, in the process of inventing, almost all of them at some point was told that it couldn't be done. The thing that they were trying to do, it couldn't be done. It'll never work. It'll never work. It'll never, you can't do it. You know, almost every great entertainer at some point, particularly when they were starting out in their career, was told by someone that they couldn't do it. They'd never make it. You know, for example, Elvis Presley, do you remember who he was, you know? King of rock and roll, thank you very much, remember him? He was told by the Grand Ole Opry, by one of the representatives, he came and auditioned at the Grand Ole Opry, and he was told that he would never make it in, in the entertainment business and the, the fellow told him, son, if I were you, I'd go back to driving a truck. Well, we all know how that story ended up. And you know Elvis would never go back to the Grand Ole Opry. Good for him. But you see, he was told he couldn't do it. You see, I was raised, now, now, now 
My mother, God bless her, she did a great job. You know, my dad died when I was very young, and so she did very good, great mom and all that. But yet I was raised in an environment of can't, 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 fear, can't. Has anybody ever heard of Tiger Woods? Do you know probably the main reason that he is as great a golfer and champion as he is? Do you know, you know what probably the main reason is? His dad. From the time Tiger Woods was a little kid, his dad, I think his dad was a Navy SEAL or, or something like that, but his dad ingrained within that, that young boy, Tiger Woods, when he was just a kid, that you can do it. You can do it. You're a champion. You're a champion. You can win. You can do it. You can do it. You can win. You can make it. You're the best that there is. And so on and so forth. And that was ingrained within him. And it got to the point where he believed it. And you see what has happened with his career. Now somebody says, well, yeah, but wait a minute. With Tiger Woods, he, he's got all that great ability. And that's why he's a champion. Now you, there's a lot of people that have that great ability. And they're not champions. And you know why it is? Because you can go back and you can see that most of them from the time they were little, they were told they can't. You can't do it. You can't win. You can't be win. You can't win them all. And I heard him in an interview one time. Somebody said, well, Tiger, you can't win them all. And he said, why not? <laughs> see, he was, it was ingrained within him that he could do it. But do you know there's a lot of people, it's ingrained within them that they can't do it. You know, uh, when I was, uh, like I said, I was raised in an environment of can't and fear. And that's one of the things that I, I think kept me from being, uh, uh, you know, all that I could have been probably in sports is in, and in golf, for example. See, when I was a kid, I was a really a good, good player, a good golfer. But I'd get out there and on that first tee before you tee off, and I'd be over on the practice range and I could hit those balls just, just wonderful. But I walk over on that first tee. I had ability. Now I was nowhere like Tiger Woods. But I'd walk over on that first tee and guess what started happening in my thinking? I can't do this. I can't do this. I, I, I don't think I can beat this guy. I don't think I can beat this person. I don't think I can beat my opponent. I tell you what, we need to be can-do kids, not can't-do kids. And, and I'll tell you again and again, I was defeated, like in sports as a young kid, I was defeated before I ever walked on the first tee. Do you know why that is? Is because of my thinking. I remember when I played Little League Baseball. Little League Baseball. I remember that, that before the game started, I would sit there on the bench with the other players and I would tell them, I would say, you know, I'm talking about now I'm in the, in the fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade, I'd sit there and I'd tell the other, my teammates, I don't think we can beat this team that we're going to play today. I just don't think we're going to be able to do it. I just look, look at them, look at them. I just don't think we're going to be. And it got so bad that the, that the manager, I remember him, he is a good man. He would get me and he'd have to keep me away from the other players 
Can you see why? I mean, if you're defeated in your thinking and you're, if you've got the can't do attitude before you ever get out there and the first pitch is thrown, you're, I mean, do you understand you're probably going to lose? Is that right? Is that correct? And you'd be surprised how many people are defeated in life. They're defeated in their Christian walk because they have this mentality that they can't do something when they should have the mentality that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. I know when we felt impressed by the Lord to go to Bible school, I was told that you can't do that. I mean, you already have your math degree. You're supposed to be a a, a, a high school math teacher. You can't, you can't go to Bible school. If you go to Tulsa to Bible school, you're going to get down there and you're going to starve and, 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 uh, uh, you know, you're not going to have enough money to make it and so on and so forth. You're going to be out living on the street. That's what was told me by different people. But if God tells you to do it, you go. Is that right? I know when the Lord directed us, we felt the Lord direct us to build this church here on this property. I was told by several people, now you can't do that. You can't build a church there. You can't put that there. There's supposed to be a quick, I mean the quick trip wanted to, wanted this property. See this property was set aside years and years back in, into the early 1900s by a minister who set this property apart for the work of the, of the gospel. But I, I didn't know that until after we had built the church. But the point here is, is I was told by different people. I was even told by St. Louis County uh, uh, authorities, you'll never build a church there. You'll never be, you can't do it. You can't do it. But you know what? The church is sitting here, isn't it? Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Now, through Christ who strengthens me, if you look at that verse of scripture, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We need to understand that the things that we can do, that it's through Christ, not through ourselves. You see, in and of ourselves, we can't. But we are not in and of ourselves. We as believers are in the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you are glad about that? And so in and of ourselves, we can't. But good news, we're not in and of ourselves. We're in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, see the word for Christ there is actually, if you got in and studied it all out, it has to do with the anointing or the power of God or the ability of God. You see, in and of ourselves, without God's ability, we, we can't accomplish very much, hardly at all. But... I'm glad that I'm not in and of myself. I'm glad that, that I have the power of God, the ability of God available to me. And because we have that ability available, then we can do all things through Christ who does what? Who strengthens. Now look at, you can hold your place there uh, in uh, Philippians 4.13. But notice this scripture, John 15.5. John 15.5. John 15.5. It says this, the Bible says it, Jesus said this. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. 
For without me, you can do what? We can do nothing. We, we, we can't do anything apart from him. But I'm so glad that we're not without him. We have him. He said, without me, you can do nothing. But good news, we're not without him. We have him. And because we have him, we have his ability. We have his power. We have his strength. And so we can do all things through who? Through Christ who strengthens us. That's the power of God available to us. Now notice, let's talk a little bit about all things. He said, now did he say we could do some things or, or, or a few things? Or did he say we could do what? All things. So now you have to think a little bit about, well, what, what, things, what things is he talking about? Well, I can answer that question. Things that God told us we could do in the Bible. Anything that the Lord has told us that we can do in the Bible, he'll empower us to do it. Now, all things there doesn't mean that we can go, get, go up to the top of this roof and jump off and fly like a bird. Now, I'm in Christ, all right, but I don't want to go to the top of the roof and jump off and try to fly like a bird. Because guess what's going to happen? Splat. Because I can't find in the scripture where he ever said that I could go jump off the roof and fly like a bird. So all things means all things that he said we could do. Um, there's a scripture that says that whatsoever we desire when we pray, believe we receive them and we shall have them. But we got to be careful and understand that it's things that we desire in line with the word of God. There's another scripture that talks about, you know, we can ask what we will and it'll be done. But you have to understand that, that when we ask, that we have to be asking in line with the word of God. Did, did you hear what I just said? Did you understand it? So we can do all things. What does that mean, all things? It means anything that he said that we can do in the Bible, then we can do. Now, we can't do it in and of ourselves, but we can do it in and of him. Because he's available to us and we have his power. Now, notice... John 14, 12. I want you to notice this. John 14, 12. Jesus says this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. Now, how many of you believe in him? How many of you do? Okay. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Do you realize what an astounding statement that is. He said, the works that I do, he will do also. Now that's, that's, that boggles my mind to stop right there. But if you read on, what did Jesus himself say? And what? And what? And greater works than these will he do because I go to my father. Did Jesus say it was possible to get some things done? How many of you know he got some things done, didn't he? Didn't he get some stuff done? He who believes in me, how many of you believe in, how many of you believe in him? Okay, so if you believe in him, then you've got the word of God. He says, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these. Now, a lot of times people have asked me over the years, they'll say, well, what does he mean greater works than these? And what I always tell them, have you even done the works that Jesus has done? And they all look at me and say, no. 
Well, why don't we just start on doing the things he did? And once we do those things, then we can be concerned about the greater things. Is that right? How many of you know most Christians don't even do the works Jesus did? Is that right? So rather than trying to figure out what the greater works are, let's just do the works he did. And once we do that, then he'll show us what the greater ones are. But the point I'm trying to get across to you here today is that, that we can do some things, but we can't do them in and of ourselves. We can do them through Christ who does what? Who, who what? Who strengthens us. You know, Joyce Meyer, has anybody ever heard of that minister, Joyce Meyer? Wonder, wonderful minister, helped us, has helped us wonderfully here. Uh, when she was starting out in the ministry, she said that she was trying to do the works of Jesus... Yet she couldn't do her own dirty dishes. Now she said that. She said that many times. She said one time she was trying to get victory over the devil and she couldn't even get victory over a sink full of dirty dishes. Now how many of you know that if you can't get, a, get victory over a sink full of dirty dishes, you're not going to be able to get victory over the devil and cast him out of somewhere. Is that right? Now is that correct? And so... That always stuck with me. We're talking about being can-do people. But you see, a lot of people want to do the works of Jesus and they want to be a can-do kid and they want to start with the great, wonderful, mighty things when they can't even, they can't even do the simple, small things like clean their house or do their dishes or wash their car. Didn't Jesus say, if you're faithful over that which is least, then you'll be faithful over that which is much. But if you're not faithful over that which is least, then you'll not be faithful over that which is much. And, I, and I've been guilty of this myself over the years. I've watched people, Christians, they're trying to do, the, you know, we're talking about being a can-do kid. Say can-do kid. Can they're trying to be can-do kid and we need to be can-do kids. Better to be a can-do kid than a can't-do kid. Let's be a can-do kid. Somebody gave me a t-shirt one time and said, can do kid. And I should have worn it today, but I didn't. It's better than having a t-shirt that says, can't do kid, right? But, you know, we're trying to do these great, wonderful, and mighty, powerful things. Doing the works of Jesus, but yet we can't do some of the simpler things that he's told us to do. You see, like Joyce Meyer, she had to start where she was and, and get to where she could do the dirty dishes and how many of you know all these years later now she's reaching potentially two-thirds of the world with the gospel of the lord jesus that's 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 doing some works there isn't it is that right i guess that'd be a greater work than jesus i mean jesus because of the technology of his day was only able to reach a certain group of people she's able to reach two-thirds of the globe is that right that's that'd be greater in one sense. Did you hear what I just said? Did you get that? But, but the point here that I'm trying to make is that she didn't start out reaching two-thirds of the globe. She started out doing her dishes, vacuuming her floor, making her bed. She started out where, and I think about this when I'm at Walmart or at Deerberg's or somewhere, when I take the cart out into the you know, after we unload the groceries. I think about this almost every time. And, and she said that she used to take the cart out, unload the groceries, and then she'd just like push the cart, you know, let it go wherever, you know, because she didn't want to take it over to the place it was supposed to be taken. 
And she said the Lord began to deal with her about putting the cart back where it was supposed to be. Now, you know, I'm convinced if she hadn't have obeyed God in that little thing of putting the cart back where it was supposed to be at his direction, she wouldn't be where she's at today. Did you hear what I just said? And I can go to other ministers that, that say similar things about how God used them in little things. Then we see them all these years later when they're reaching, the, you know, a lot of people for Jesus and all of that. But you forget, because I've heard different ones say that, that the Lord spoke to their hearts and said, If you wouldn't have done that little thing 30 years ago, I couldn't be using you like I am now. See, we have to be a can-do kid in the little things. Or we'll never be able to do, be a can-do kid in the big things. Let's start where we are. Uh, I, I, this is a little thing. It might not mean uh, anything to you. But if you go back in my past, I couldn't ride a bike without training wheels. Now, thank God I can now. As long as Diane's there holding it, you know. <laughs> But I remember I had it in my head. I couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. I'm going back now when I'm five years old because I remember uh, my dad one day, he got tired of it and he took the training wheels off. And he said, now ride it. And I said, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. He said, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can. I said, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And long story short... One day he said, now I'm going to hold it here and we're going to walk along here and I'll hold you. You won't fall. And, and so we're just going along and it's going so great. And the next thing you know, I look back and he's like 40, 50 feet back over there. He said, I told you you could do it. You see, we just need somebody to tell us we can instead of somebody to tell us we can't. Is that right? And the similar thing happened when I was swimming, swimming lessons, I remember my grandma, this is after my father passed away. I was a little older, probably about nine years old. She bought me swimming lessons and I took them over to Ramada Inn here in Fenton. And uh, I, could, I just told the instructor, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And she said, you can, you can, you can, you can. I said, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And she said, you can, you can, you can. I said, I can't, I can't, I can't. And there was about eight or ten other kids in the class, you know. And they were all swimming, and I was still back there. I just, you know, couldn't do it. And so finally one day she puts me up on my tummy, and she said, now start kicking, you know, and all of that. And, uh, and so similar with the training wheels of the bicycle, I'm going right along there, and, and I look back, and she's nowhere to, where to be found, and, and I'm headed for the deep water. There's something about that deep water and that, and that, that, that rope that goes across. You don't want to go over there. And so uh, I stopped at the rope and grabbed a hold of the rope. But nonetheless, I swam about 25, 30 feet. Glory to God. See, I could do it, but... I just had to, I had to break out of that mentality. And then I've been swimming ever since. Glory to God. Another thing, this may not mean anything to you, but when I was in seventh grade, I remember this. I remember in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, we had tote trays. Just little tote trays, you know. When we got to seventh grade, we had lockers with combinations. Combination lock. How many of you like doing a combination lock? And so you go to the right, and you stop at a number. And then you go back to the left, but you don't stop at the number. You got to go past it once and then stop at it. Is that right? 
And then you go right to the number that you need to get to. Well, I remember at Eureka Junior High School, see back then they didn't have Summit. I lived, I lived in the Fenton area. They didn't have Rockwood Summit and all that. So we had to go out to Eureka High School. And, uh, in junior high, but I'm in seventh grade now, and now we got lockers and a combination lock. And that thing freaked me out because I, I could get the first number, but then going past the, I, I was having trouble going past the, and, and, and I remember, and then we, you're under the clock too because of the time limit, you know, because you just got so much time that you got to get to class for the bell rings, you get a tardy slip, you know. You get too many tardies, then you have a detention, and, and so I didn't want that. So I, and I remember the first time when I'm standing there, my hands were just shaking. Now, have you ever tried to do a combination lock when your hands are shaking? And my hands are just shaking like that, just shaking like a leaf, just shaking like a leaf. And I remember I, uh, I, I, remember I went down and got the one teacher because the first, the bell rang first day of school, you know, and, and we'd gone through it and I get up to it and I'm shaking. And, and, and I was just shaking. So I go over to the, to the, and I get the teacher. I said, can you help me with this? And they said, well, you do it. And I said, no, you do it. And she said, no, you do it. And I said, no, you do it. She said, well, if I do it now, what's going to happen after a while? I said, will you do it for me after a while? She said, no, I'm not going to be here all that. So, so I, I said, I can't do this. She said, you can do it. She said, I can't do it. And yes, you can. Yes, you can. And finally, she screamed at me. She said, do it. And she walked away. And I, and I asked God, oh, God, help me. And you know, even on something as little as that, he, you know, what, what we think is small, he helped me. And my hand calmed down, and I got it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Amen. And now I got so, I've gotten so good at it that sometimes I'll, I'll bring the trash up here at night and, and it'll be dark out there and there's a combination lock on this trash enclosure over here and I'll have, it'll be raining and cold. And below zero, and I'm freezing, and I'll have the lights of the vehicle on the lock, and I have to stand because it's the way the thing's set up. I can't do it with my right hand, so I have to do it with my left hand, upside down, just about, you know. But we spin, I tried doing it left handed, upside down, but we spin it around there, and we get it. Can you say, Glory to God? Glory to God. Yeah. Now, that may seem like a little thing to you, but to me, it was a pretty big thing, and now all these years later, we can do it. Because we can do all things through Christ. Now those are, you know, those might not mean much to you. But how many of you know that it's possible for us to walk in love? Did Jesus tell us to love one another? So is it possible for us to walk in love? But now I don't know about you. I have a dickens of a time doing it in and of myself. But we're not in and of ourselves, we're in and of the Lord. So in and of ourselves, we can't walk in love, but in and of Him, we can walk in love. Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, we can control our tongue. Now I can't control, did you know the Bible says that no man can tame the tongue? Over in the book of James, no, no, you can't tame your tongue apart from the Lord helping you. But did He, I mean, it's clear in, in, in the Bible that he'll help us because didn't David, I believe the psalmist David, I think it was David or someone over there asked the Lord to set a guard on their mouth. Is that right? So is it possible for us to control our tongues? But you can't do it in and of yourself. You need to do it through who? Through Christ who does what? Strengthens. 
So in controlling your tongue, is it possible to talk good about people instead of bad about people? See, one of the work, you see, you start thinking about the works of Jesus. You start thinking about raising the dead and casting out demons and, and healing the sick and all of that. But I can't find in the Bible where Jesus ever gossiped about anybody. He never sent a, a, a gossipy email to anybody. Oh, well, they didn't have email back then, but he never said smoke sick. I don't know. He didn't gossip, did he? See, when we think of the works of Jesus, we think about the, the mighty, powerful miracles. Why don't we think about, did Jesus ever talk bad about anybody and behind their back and critical? And Did he ever do that? Well, we can do the works of Jesus, can't we? Because we can tame our tongue if we'll yield it to the Holy Spirit. Because through him, we can do what? All things. Through his strength. Is that right? We can be positive instead of negative. We can talk good instead of bad. We can turn the other cheek when somebody does us wrong. I'll tell you, that's really hard to do in and of yourself. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I've already had times where you just, you know, you're just trying to turn the other cheek because somebody hit me over, over on this side, so I'm trying to, you know what I mean? But you know, In and of yourself, you'll never be able to fully turn it. But ask the Lord to help you because through his help, you can turn the other cheek and you can forgive. But you can't do it apart from him. If you have a problem with your temper, you can overcome that. But you can't do it in and of yourself. You can only do it by the strength of Christ strengthening you. But do you know if he'll help a little kid, a little seventh grader with a combination lock... He'll help you control your temper. He can help you. If you have a, a problem with pride, you know, in and of yourself, it, it's, it's hard to be humble, but through Christ, we can all humble ourselves. Maybe you have a hard time admitting you were wrong, but through Christ, you can do it. You know, in that marriage class last week, Pastor Diane and I talked about, you know, how my arguing style is. I'm a debater and, you know, we get in an argument, I want to debate. You know, I should have been on the debate team, but I wasn't in high school, but I should have been. And, 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 and I've, I've, I'm not, you know, something else I want to say to you is that if you have a problem like with your temper or arguing, usually as these things work, most of the time, you don't go from where you're doing something all the time to where you're not doing it at all. There's a process, there's a time, there's, there's a, there's a uh, with me, it's like I lose my temper less and less to the point one day I realize the temper's gone. I talk negative less and less by the help of the Holy Spirit. And one day you wake up and you find out I'm not talking bad about people anymore. Did you get what I said right there? You see, a lot of times I think we leave the taste in people's mouths that we yield to the Holy Spirit and then just as instantly things change. Now, sometimes that's the case. I, I've watched people with uh, uh, 
particularly like, like, like smoking. Now, now, somebody said, well, smoking send you to hell. No, it just, what does it make you smell like you've been there? Is that right? I'd rather have a church full of people that smoke than people that gossip. Did you hear what I just said? But a lot of times, well, you know, and I've been guilty of this in the past, you know, years ago, you know, well, yield to the Holy Spirit and, and, and all that smoking. Look, just if you have a problem in the area of smoking, just, just, just start looking to the Lord. And, and it may not be that you go from a four pack a day to nothing a day. It might be you go from four packs a day to three and a half packs a day. And the next thing you know, you're down to three packs a day. And next thing you know, you're yielding to him. He's working with you. And through his strength, you're down to two packs a day. And the next thing you know, you're down to one pack a day. Do people smoke four packs a day? Okay. It's expensive too. You know how I know that? Because a lot of times I go at the quick trip waiting behind people. And they're buying the cigarettes and boy, those things are expensive. And then they're buying the lottery tickets and I thought, man, I just just buy me a Diet Coke, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is when you work with the Holy Spirit and you yield to Him, He doesn't always take you from from four packs of cigarettes to zero overnight. Some people He does, but I found most people He doesn't. He'll work with you. Say work with you. And he'll work with you. You yield to him. And then the next thing you know, one day you're just free of the cigarettes completely. And you can do all things through Christ. See, now I didn't have that in my notes, but I felt by the Spirit of God that I needed to say that. And how many of you that helped you just hearing that? That it's not a all or nothing a lot of times. It's a process. Like if you have trouble cussing. Do you know some Christians have trouble cursing? Did you know that? And, and, and we shouldn't curse and all that. But think of it is, start yielding your tongue to the Lord and you, you, you be c- cursing less and less and less. In the process of time, you find out, you know, I haven't said a bad word and it's been two years since I've said something bad. Isn't that wonderful? Because we can do what? A few things or all things? All things. Some people have a hard time saying no. Do you have a hard time saying No. Now, there's some people I know, they have a hard time saying yes. <laughs> and, and, and you ask them something, and, and, and they're never going to say yes hardly on anything. But most of the time, people, particularly Christians, have a hard time saying no. To whatever it might be. But you know, we can do all things through Christ. And there's some things you need to say yes to. But you know, there's some things you need to say no to. And so if you're a person, and, I, and I'm one of these kind of people, I have trouble saying no to people. And uh, so I asked the Lord to help me. You know. Well, what if they get offended and they're not, and they're not your friend anymore? Well, that's something, that's something else we need the Lord to help us with. With not having an inferiority complex. And self-pity. Anybody ever struggle with self-pity besides me? Feel sorry for yourself? You know, that can be a real battle coming up out of that. You know, you'll never be all you can be for the Lord as long as you got self-pity in you. Did you know that? Can we overcome self-pity? How do, how do we know that we can? Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
Talking about Joyce Meyer again, I remember her saying that there was a day that she, she, I remember telling the story, she clung to a chair and she just was fighting self-pity and feeling sorry for herself. How many of you are glad that the Lord helped her get out of that self-pity and now she's reaching two-thirds of the world with the gospel? Isn't that wonderful? You'd never think somebody like her would have trouble with that, but she did by her own admission. But, you know, Sometimes we have to say no to some things. And, 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 and here's another thing. And it goes right along with what I was saying. I want to reiterate it. Uh, you know, we don't want to offend people. Is that right? But you know, if you're like me, you can get to the point where you're so afraid of offending people that you can't enjoy your life because you're, you, can't be, you can't be you because you're afraid you might offend somebody. We got to get over that fear, don't we? Now, we shouldn't be going. There's some people, they just go out and they're offensive. I'm not saying we ought to be that way, but we need to be who we are, who God made us to be, and, and not worry about these things. And just if we need to say no to somebody, we say no. Is that, is that right? Sometimes parents need to be able to say no to their children on some things. Yeah, but they might not love me. Yeah, but you saying no might be the very thing that saves their lives. You know what I mean? And we could go on and on with, with these things like uh, keep it, keeping your body under control. Does the Bible say that we should keep our bodies under control? Yes. You can do it with diet and exercise, you know, but only if you're, if you're really trusting in the Lord because we can do some things or all things. All things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul said, I buffet my body. Now, it depends on how you look at the Greek on that. It may mean buffet my body. <laughs> so you'd have to get into the Greek there. But I think, I think if you look at the context, it's clear. He wasn't talking about going to the buffet and eating everything in sight. He was talking about keeping his body under control. Now, if, 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 he's, if that applies to him, it applies to us. Is it possible for us to keep our bodies under control? With diet, with exercise? How about sexually? It, it, is that possible? Yes. Here's one that's always popular. And, I, and this is just something that I feel the Lord wants me to say just because it, it applies in so, to so many people. But did you know that the Lord wants us to be on time for things? Whether it's church or whether it's school. Now, how many of you know at school, if you're not on time... Like I said a while ago, you're going to get, I guess, they, do they still give tardy slips out? Do they? What are they called now? Tardy slip. How many tardies before you get a detention? Five? Okay. How many tardies before they put you in the in-school suspension? Well, they, they don't do that. I don't know. I remember when we were at Rama, there was this lady named Candace. Remember Candace? She's about that tall. Maybe about like that, because I could eat a bowl of soup off top of her head. <laughs> and she was just funny. I love her. She's just so much fun, and she's just outspoken, you know. I remember in one class, uh, this one teacher was talking about how Jesus stripped the devil of all of his power and dethroned him and all that. And I remember she just said right out in the class, said, yeah, he stripped that buzzard. You know, I'm thinking, you know. 
But the one day she comes in there to the big auditorium there at Rama, you know, and she's going down the aisle, you know, because she's running late. And then down there they have a bell that would go off. Ding! And if you weren't seated when that bell went off, then you'd get a tardy. And so I remember, I remember in one class, she comes in there and, and, things, and it's packed, jam-packed full, you know, and a couple hundred, few, several hundred people. And she comes in there and, 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 and she, she is running late. And so she comes in there and, she, and she's, you know, sort of heavy set. So she's coming through, hitting people in the front and in the back. So, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. <laughs> Excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. You remember that, Diane? Excuse me, pardon me. And finally, she knew that bell was going to ring at any second. And she just stopped and she says, I can't take this anymore. I know it's going to ring. I just want to tell everybody right now, when that bell rings, I'm going to sit down no matter where I'm at. And you should have seen everybody that was behind her. They just spread out, man, you know, just like, just like God parted the Red Sea, you know. <laughs> she made it to her seat though just as the bell rang boom down she went <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember that in uh, in Keith Moore you remember does anybody know Keith Moore he was one of our instructors and, and, and he, he ran a very tight ship you know and, and in his class you weren't gonna you weren't gonna come in late and he just made it clear if you're late, he said, don't, he just said, just don't do it. Because you'd have to go over and get a late slip, remember, at the, at the admission office. And I remember, because Candace had a problem with being late. I remember the one day she comes in because uh, it's getting close again. And I remember she was on the front row. I'll never forget this. And, 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 and Brother Keith comes in and he just had stood up here at the podium and and you just just moments and the bell's gonna ring, and so, so here comes Candace. You know she she comes in the door. You know and just as she gets over to her chair, the bell goes ding, and she just keeps right on going. She goes to go rise out, goes right out to the other door. Didn't even sit down. Just went right on out to get the get the tardy slip. I'll never forget that. She just came in and just as she was going to sit down, because in his class you had to be, you, if you weren't down like this, you were late when the bell rang. And she, in fact, she came in, just about to sit down, ding, and she looks at him, he looks at her, and she just, just goes right on out. Just, just, just. Now, I don't know if Candace ever got this straightened out in her life, but you know, God does want us to be on time. Did you know that? And there's folks struggle with it, not just at church, but, but uh, in, their, in their everyday life. And one thing I've noticed that most of the time, if people struggle with being late in one area, they'll be late in other areas. So, you know, not to put anybody down, but, uh, you know, if that's a deal with you, hey, somebody say, well, I just can't be on time. I just can't be on time. I just... So you're telling me you're a can't-do kid? No, let's be a what? Uh, can-do kid? You, can you be on time? Yeah, you know the Lord will honor this. Really, this time thing goes into a sowing and reaping principle. We'll reap what we sow. Now, if you're conducting something, do you want people to be on time for you? Sure, you do. Sure, you do. So, and, and let me ask you something even more important than that: Do you want the Lord to be on time for you? Oh yeah. 
So start sowing seeds of being on time. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying we all struggle in many things, but this is something that we can all do because we have Christ and we can do some things or all things. All things. And we could go on and on and on. You know, uh, some people just always wish things were different or they live with the regrets of the past. But, you know, through Christ, you can overcome these things. And, and, and like sharing Jesus with others. That's a, that's a difficult one for many people to do, but to be a soul winner. But, you know, did Jesus say, go into all the world and preach the gospel? So if he said you could do it, then you can do it. Because we can do what? All things. And then finally here, being content. Is it possible to be content with such things as you have? It sure is. And if you look at the context of this verse, this was what? Philippians what? 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you look at the context of that scripture, Paul had just said something about, I know how to be in lack and I know how to have much. He said, I know how to be poor. I know how to be prosperous. I know what it's like to not have enough food. I know what it's like to have much. And then he said, I've learned, and something you've got to learn, that whatever state I'm in, to be content. So is it possible to be content? Yes, it is. But I'm convinced that we'll only fully be content when we depend on the Lord to help us. And I could talk about so many different areas, but I think, I think you got the point. Let me close with three, three quick quotes. Edmund Burke said this. Now, I don't know who Edmund Burke is, but I like what he said here. It's in the back of your bulletin today. So he must be okay, Diane, put it there. So did you check Edmund Burke out? He's not an atheist, is he? Okay, okay. Nobody makes a greater mistake than when, then nobody makes a greater mistake than he who does nothing because he could only do a little. Talking about can do kids. Have you ever been like me where you saw that you could only do a little and you had the thought, well, I can't really make any difference there, so I'm not going to do anything. Has anybody ever had that thought besides me? I remember out on the beach one day, there was this uh, little kid out there and and the, the starfish had washed ashore and there were like thousands of them and he was out turning them over one at a time. And the guy walks up and says, kid, what are you doing turning these starfish over? You know, they're all, there's thousands of them. They're all going to die. You, ke- you can't make any difference. And just as a little kid picks the next starfish up and turns it over, he says, well, I made a difference for this one. None of us can reach everybody for Jesus or solve everybody's problems, but... Just because we can do a little doesn't mean we shouldn't do that little. Because we can do all things through Christ. Here's another one. Peter Drucker said, you can either take action or hang back and hope for a miracle. Miracles are great, but so unpredictable. What was he saying here? I'll put it in my own words. A lot of times people are waiting for God to do something. And you come to find out all along, God was waiting for you to do something. And I've done this myself. I've seen so many people do this over the years. They wait for God to do something. Wait for God. What are you doing? I'm just waiting for God to do something. And come to find out, God all along was waiting for them to make a move. And then they make that move and then God starts moving. 
I found that walking with God a lot of times is like a checker game. I move, he moves. I move, he moves, you know. And a lot of people are waiting for God to do all the moving, but at some point we need to make some moves. Now we need to make them in line with his direction to the best of our, our ability, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Somebody said, well, I just can't be led by the Spirit. I just can't be led by the Spirit. Did the Bible say we can be led by the Spirit? then we can do all things through Christ. Is that right? Some people say, well, I can't pray. I can't pray. Did the Bible tell us to pray? Well, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, you know. But but some people aren't, they're not seeing God. Listen, I feel this by the Holy Spirit. You need to listen. Some Some people, God's not doing more in your life because you've been waiting for him to make some moves. He's been waiting for you to make some moves. And until you do, you know what I mean when I say moves. I'm not saying you ought to move, leave this church and go to another one. Now that's, get that out of your head now. Be where God told you to be. But he might want you to give something to somebody. Or he might want you to do something over here. Or he might want you to do something over here. And you've been waiting for him to do stuff. And you're going to be here next year this time. And next year this time. Next year this time. And nothing's ever going to happen. Until you do something. With some of you, it might be like with Joyce Meyer. I'm not saying he's going to use you like Joyce Meyer, but, but the point is, is that he might just be waiting for you to vacuum your floor. Did you hear me? Or paint the walls, or, or, or take out the trash, or do the, whatever, wash the car. Some people, God might be wanting to get you a, a better car, but until you start taking care of the one you've got. But I can't do it. You can what? Do all things through Christ. I like this quote. If we wait for someone else to do it, it probably won't get done. Now, I don't know who said that, but that's a good point, isn't it? If we wait for someone else to do it, it probably won't get done. Did you get anything out of this today? Realize, say, I'm a can-do kid. Stand up and say, I'm a can-do kid. Stand up one more time. Realize, say, I'm a can-do kid. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can receive from God. I can receive my healing. I can receive my breakthrough. I can receive the finances I need. I can receive the victory. I can because he strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a can-do kid in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm glad you came today. Listen, if you, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never been saved, come up here and there'll be some people up here after the service to introduce you to the Lord Jesus if that's what you need. And, and, and uh, we're going to take about a five, six minute break. Now listen, I know some of you need to go. You, you've got to go to work or whatever. We understand that. So if you need to leave, just feel free. We won't think less of you at all. Not at all. Because some folks have to go and whatnot. But if